Hello, and welcome to another edition of this 16-ounce canvas. As we've come to learn, my name is AJ, and I am your host on this lovely, lovely day, morning, night, afternoon, evening, sunset, sunrise. As you can tell, there's numerous parts of the day that you may be joining us, so whichever one fits your style, we're just happy to have you with us. So thank you. But this is episode number 18. It is incredible. So we've already gone through one 12-pack, and we're about to crush another sixer. Dieciocho. Very, very exciting times here at the 16-ounce canvas. I have a lot to tease and introduce to you. Just today, we announced the first 12-pack on Spotify. Now you're saying to yourself, AJ, what is the first 12-pack? I'm glad you asked, my friends. The first 12-pack, one of our questions that we like to ask and one of the things that's important to me is music. I think music is amazing. If you don't, fuck off, I guess. But with that said, we like to ask the artists what type of music they listen to when they're creating and throughout the stories and discussions. You know, it's a lot of times music comes up, things they're into. I remember the Tom Lesnar interview. Tom does his work with Hoofhearted. It wasn't me. And Tom was just dropping music names all over the place. So we took all the musical recommendations. We took some cuts from artists that David Paul Seymour features on his podcast. And we brought them all together for you right there on the Spotify. So if you go to our website, if you go to the Gram, the Insta, you can find out more information there about some of these artists. And it's really fun. So we did that for you. Thought it'd be a good way to get into their heads, make yourself a nice mix, and uh, enjoy the music. I'm digging it. Like I said before, and I will say it again. That's right, I will say it again. I love when I get turned on to new music. A lot of the work here is in bands or genres of music that are not my forte, or I would not have pegged as my forte, but I've been proven wrong and will continue to do so in the future, which is really exciting. I love being turned on to new music, going down that rabbit hole and finding a bunch of new bands follow along with them and then boom you got a kick-ass mix introduce some new folks to it and it spreads like wildfire so without further ado though this week's episode features jason burke of ink and lead designs we came to learn of jason through his work with pipeworks brewing company out of chicago illinois now for me i love chicago i've grown to to love it more and more every time i go there Fun little fact for you. The first time I went to Chicago was not as memorable. It was great architecture, great food, beautiful experience. But I do equate it sometimes weirdly with my girlfriend at the time, who I would later learn that weekend while I was away, decided to cheat on me. Boom, boom, boom. But since then, it has proven itself time and time again. Great beer, good people, awesome food, crazy fucking weather. Have been there when it's you know negative 15 and have also been there when it's you know 105 degrees so it is awesome 
One of my best friends in the world lives there. Uh, great actor, Steve O'Connell. Went to college together as my roommate. So it's just, uh, it's just a good place. So Pipeworks is one of the first breweries to me that when I went there, before we even had this idea, before this just was a, a thought, in my, thought in my mind, that their labels really kind of stood out to me. The Abduction series, then the you know, Ninja vs. Unicorn was in the bottle at the time and even the kind of the ninja ones and so as i would go back every you know few months for for work and what have you i would you know always kind of find myself drawn to them and then as we talked about in earlier episodes spiteful and so it's really incredible now that we actually get some of the of the pipe works kind of repertoire here on the east coast new york and i believe we get it, some of them in connecticut so it's really exciting Works Brewing Company, and so one of the cool things that they do, if you look on the side of their, you know, bottles or label, bottles or cans, excuse me, they give, you know, credit to the artists, and I really love that. I think that's really more, you know, now more than ever has become really popular in a good way, and not a pretentious way. You know, they're supportive. You know, BG over there is a, is a great artist himself, and so I just think that's really nice to kind of go that extra level, shows how much they care, and it shows that they see that the art of the labels and the imagery of the of the brewery bring you know another dimension to that so it's really great to sit down and speak with jason learn more about him his process dad life his band and just have a couple laughs so this is episode number 18 once again i am aj kieran's this is the 16 ounce canvas the website has not changed it's 16 ouncecanvascom also find us on instagram 160z canvas if you're throwing up your beer labels, your beer art, or you are an artist, use hashtag 160Z Canvas. We'll find you. We will. We promise. So you got to do the number sign or the pound sign or the tic-tac-toe, whatever it is that you say amongst your friends. And we'll get you. We'll get in touch. So don't be a stranger. But without further ado, Mr. Jason Burke, Ink and Lead Designs, crushing it with Pipeworks, Chicago, Illinois. I'm AJ Kieran's. Thank you for listening. Let's get into episode number 18. That's crazy. Here we go. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Really excited to have with us today Jason Burke, checking in with us from Chicago area. Uh, we learned of Jason through his work from Pipeworks Brewing. He also has his own design firm, Ink and Lead Design. So thank you so much for joining us today, Jason. Hey, glad to be here. Excellent, excellent. So how are things going? Things are going great. Things are busy. Yeah. Really busy. That's what I've been, that's what I, that's what I've been noticing. Yeah, you definitely, they're definitely keeping you busy. And I saw you just most recently had a, kind of an art show at a, at a tattoo shop, which looked really cool. Yeah, that was really cool. I mean, uh, yeah, they just... The, the concept for that show is that uh, Logan Tattoo, they wanted to do a process show. So it wasn't just the finished product, like putting a bunch of cans up. They had a bunch of the artists from Pipeworks come over and put up like the, the in-between parts that you don't really get to see when you're working with a client. So sketches, rough drafts, stuff that never made it to the final. So it was really cool. Really cool to see that stuff up on the walls in the gallery. Yeah, I like. Yeah, we've been lucky with some of the work we're we're doing with this to get some of the artists sent us kind of like the 
the composites or the you know, pre-sketches and we lo I love that stuff so yeah it's really just kind of great to see and that whole process so that sounds awesome to me it is fun it's like it's like when a musician kind of puts out the b-sides and you get to hear them and see oh you know most of the time it's like well there's a reason why it's a b-side or or why it's unreleased <laughs> you kind of kind of analyze it well why didn't that make it so it's always interesting for me to look at other artists uh, back to the drawing board moment. <laughs> yeah, I think it's cool, and especially from a tattoo perspective, right? Because that's really the foundation of the tattoos or the, the rough, the sketches, kind of the the framework. And sometimes they have, people have to go multiple times to get the you know the work done. It's not just a one sitting type of thing. So um, yeah, I have a I have a nephew. Who, sure. I have a nephew who's a you know a walking tattoo. So I've definitely seen the various phases of the of the tattoo process on his body. Yeah, you don't you don't want to screw that up when it's going on your skin. And you also don't want to screw it up when it's going on like thousands of labels <laughs> in front of you know, who knows how many people are are sitting there looking at it while they're drinking beer. So I think it equally as important to make a lot of rough drafts. Well, that's great. Now, now, Jason, can you give us a little bit about your background as an you know artist and a designer? You know how you started doing illustration and art. Oh man, you know for me it was it's one of those things I've always been kind of passionate about kind of started when I was a, a kid really you know my family is always really supportive and too like I always was interested in art as a kid but uh didn't really start doing it on a professional I guess quote unquote I still don't feel like a professional but as a professional artist probably until 2001 2002 I started you know, I've always worked with, with bands and making gig posters and uh, you know, way back in the day, photocopying and cut and paste, you know, that type of punk rock poster. Uh, but actually learning Photoshop and, and not, you know, just sending over actual, I used to send pen and ink to, uh, to the magazines I do illustrations for. I'd send them the actual drawing. So those days are way, way long gone. I still still work in in traditional media but uh, i guess i guess as far as like illustration capital i ink and light designs has been a serious thing since about 2005 2006 so before that it was just kind of learning and having fun with it i like the yeah i like the name and the kind of the reason behind it you know even just kind of even in your bio, which, you know, you self admit, you admit is, you know, is, is short given the real estate that, you know, <laughs> why yeah. you, why you do stuff now more digitally than you used to, that it's kind of a, you know, homage to, to the, the process and the, you know, the ink and then the lead for the, for the pencil. So I, I'm a, I like, I like that a lot. It totally is. You know, and I, and I, you know, I, I do teach some classes on digital art and I have a lot of kids that come in and they, uh, they're afraid of traditional media. And afraid to lay down ink on a piece of paper, and I think I had that that aha moment. Uh, I think I was trying to recreate an ink blot uh, digitally, and I'm like, wait, I could just make an ink blot. <laughs> it would take me like three seconds. All right, cool. So I think that when you're working in in analog materials, it's uh, there's a connectedness to it. A, a, you know, a, a riskiness to it that is, uh, for me, it's freeing. For a lot of new kids that have only worked digital, I think it's a little bit constraining for them. Too much uh, reliance on uh, Command Z or, uh, you know, undo. Yeah. 
which I think in a way as you're exploring is great. But yeah, the the idea that they don't have a book and have doodles in there and you know and just kind of taking up the the size of their of their notebooks in class when they should be paying attention. Obviously not to your class, right? But just in general, right? right. Um, you know, I think that I, that's one of the things I just love, kind of how how folks get to that point. And so there's a fluidity to it too when you're when you're working on a large piece of poster board or a huge uh, piece of actual media, something you can you can like reference uh, the edges of. It's not like a little tablet or, you know, some sort of uh, surface drawing, you know, in the computer. You really, you really can have some expressiveness and some quickness, and that translates through to the final design. I mean, when I start digital and end digital, there's a stiffness to the drawings. Maybe I think that's something you can probably get over, but I, I just I've never been able to jump over that hurdle in my own art. So definitely starting with ink or with lead. <laughs> The graphite is definitely my method of working. So that's awesome. So I don't know. I, I I probably strayed from the question of like how I how I ended up here, but it was like a weird path. Uh, yeah, you know, we're not it, confined. It we're, how, yeah, we're not confined by any any rules here. So wherever we wherever yeah, we, right. wherever <laughs> yeah wherever we end up, man, is is all good. I get sidetracked easily. I uh, start talking about like. Well, drawing and uh that's exciting yeah exactly so, uh yeah so so anyway i guess i guess like as far as as pipeworks goes uh i had a, a good friend of mine go to a tasting when uh pipeworks was just getting started and he said hey i really like your beer and they said yeah we're thinking about putting it in bottles and opening up uh, an actual brewery and he said well I, my buddy does like illustrations he likes working with people. So he's a nice guy, kind of. <laughs> and they called me up and uh, told me about this beer called Ninja versus Unicorn. And that was their first brew that they put out uh, in bottles. So they got started with a Kickstarter campaign. And that was one of my first, that was almost my very first submission to them. I think something hoppy this way comes was the, was the second one that I did. And Ninja versus Unicorn has been their staple ever since that like got them started and it's weird. Cause it was like, I didn't know what I was doing really. I was like, Oh, beer labels. That sounds kind of cool. And they, they sent me this template. Here's how big it's gotta be. We got to put a barcode and some crazy, you know, government warning. Oh, okay. I could probably got it memorized by now, but uh, it, it was, it was just uh, a weird kind of falling ass backwards into it type of a situation. But they were great guys. They were really cool to work with. And, you know, we just kind of hit it off and I watched them grow and grow and gain popularity and brew some outstanding beer. So I guess, I guess it was just like a perfect aligning of the planets, if you will. I don't know. Yeah. No, it the, just worked out. Yeah. The, the Ninja verse unicorn is like, I don't know. I think it's a pretty iconic, you know, beer. Just, I think it's really, the name is great, obviously. I mean, from a dr <laughs> the drinking perspective, it just kind of, I think it kind of goes along with the whole vibe of Pipeworks, you know, that they're... For sure. <laughs> they can, it's very, like, tongue-in-cheek, and you tell, you know, they don't take things too seriously, you know, not, not that they're putting out a shit product, but, you know, I always, when I always say that, I'm always like, they don't take things too seriously. It's like, this is beer, and if you're off by, you know, X, oh, X right. or Y, it ruins the whole batch. So I, I don't I mean to minimize it in that way, but I just think that Ninja versus Unicorn... 
and that whole series I think has become you know pretty iconic. I know when I I travel for 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 work and I get to go to Chicago um, you know a few times a year, and so that was Pipeworks was one of the first huh. ones that kind of stuck out to me. It's like wow, they like just just kind of what they they had the different you know the different unicorn series, you know the ninjas, you know the abductions, you know they kind of had had the uh-huh. had like a little theme to all what they were doing. So I really thought that was just great, and then. When they came out in cans, you know, it, that was that was a game changer. We've started to get their stuff here on the East Coast. I'm not sure if it's New York that gets it or Connecticut, but we definitely, I definitely can go and pick up, you know, yeah, a four pack of that stuff, yeah, which yeah. is mind blowing. Yeah, it is. It is for me too. I, I mean, I, I check out um, Instagram once in a while just to just to look, you know, and and see people holding cans and you know, the East coast, or I've seen some from, uh, uh, China, seen them out in the mountains, Colorado, like just, you know, people like to take pictures of the beer when they're drinking it. So, Hey, there's my can. That's kind of cool. I know that lame. I Google myself. (laughs) I I Instagram my own. I have a little section in, in the, in Facebook call it beer in the wild. I just like to see, you know, wow. People are admiring this. There's one uh, picture on there. A uh, girl went to a nail salon and painted her nails like the Ninja versus Unicorn can. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. It's a trip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was surprised. Yeah, I was surprised to see that uh, Ink and Lead wasn't actually on Instagram. I think your your artwork would resonate pretty well on that, on that medium. I think I am, but it's one of those weird... I don't know if the name was taken. I'll give... I'll, I'll, I'll shoot you the link to the Instagram... Okay, but yeah, there, but it, it is on there. I just I forget what I called it. I'm not great at social media. I, you know, I admit it. My wife handles most of that. I, I enjoy drawing more than yeah. promoting. So it's tough. It's tough for me to sit down and actually post things and remember to do that part of it. I'm like, hey, the cans are out there. What else do you want? <laughs> well, and that's another thing. I think that in the last few years, I, I noticed on well, two two phases. On the social side, I think that um, breweries have been much better about recognizing the artists. Not that they were, not that they were snubbing them, but I just think they've really appreciated the fact that they're having unique pieces of art made on the cans. And now, you know, if you look at and 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 Pipeworks has been doing it for years before I even found them. But I mean, if you if you're listening out there and you pick up a Pipeworks bottle, you pick up a can and you look, it says, you know, artwork by, and it has the information. So that was one of the ways we found Jason. I mean, I was trying to figure out who had done some of the work and I had some you know bottles here and I looked and it, you know, had the information and I was like, Oh, that makes sense. It was actually too easy. You know, sometimes it's a little more, more of a rabbit, <laughs> right. hole, rabbit hole. I have to go down. So that was, the, which I think is just really a nice nod. I think that's really, it just oh, shows uh, that, um, yeah, hundred percent, and and that's one of the things I've always bragged about with Pipeworks is how they they pay tribute to the artists and you know I, I think it's a, it's a huge part of uh, the brewery scene and to to not I don't know put some sort of byline or or at least make it easily accessible who the artist is I the artwork will get you to buy the beer once you know. It, it's a foot in the door. Uh, the the I think the beer has to stand on its own. I don't think you'll buy it twice for cool can art. I mean, maybe Ninja versus Unicorn. People have said they like showing up to parties with that, and it's it's a it's up to the brewery once they 
end up in a shopping cart and, you know, in a glass in front of a person like that has to stand on its own. I think you can have a brewery with great label art and shit beer. You know, it's not going to happen. So I, I agree. That's kind of what we, yeah, what we say here is on our side, we're beer agnostic. Yeah. We do hope that the beer tastes good inside the can, but we're, we're drawn to the art and, you know, selfishly, I've been yeah. definitely reaching out to, you know, breweries that I like the beer also, but it's definitely not a, a game changer. And, and so I, I think that, yeah, I, and I, I found it interesting. There's different different schools of it. Some folks have a more, go with the, the hop or like the cartoony, that's kind of like a beer, like an overly you know, obvious beer uh, label. And other ones are like, okay, well, you already know it's beer. You already know that we're putting on a quality product. Let's take the art to the next level. So I think that... <laughs> Works has kind of has kind of done that, and, you know, with those. It, it's true, isn't there? There's there's kind of a a formula or template that beer cans have followed for a long time, and I know that even up till a few years ago, if you strayed from that template, uh, clean lines, it, it was more of a, a designy type of aesthetic, uh, graphic design instead of illustration qualities to it. That it was kind of unheard of, or. I can't even really put a finger on when I started seeing illustrations on, on labels or cans. It was probably right around the time that I started. Maybe it's weird. It's one of those things where you hear a word and then you hear it three more times in the next week. Uh, I started doing the illustrations and I started seeing them pop up more and more on the craft bottles. So I don't know. I, yeah, I think, I, I think you're right though. There's, there's a seriousness to some of the cans where they want to establish that they are, a, a, I don't know, more, is there a seriousness? I don't even know if that's the right word I'm looking for, but some of the designs are more graphic. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that it's, yeah, there's definitely different schools and even how to use the, whether the full can or going with the wrap. And, you know, I think even that, you know, with the, the mobile canning recently, you know, becoming a larger thing. There was more of that round sticker for a while. And then, yeah. Brews. And now you're seeing, uh, you're starting to see the, uh, the mat cans are starting to make an appearance where it's a a wrap on the cans. I started to, uh, I think it was at the store the other day and I picked one up. I was like, Whoa, look at all the colors. And, Oh, it was, uh, it was like a printed label that was put on the outside. So it's it's pretty cool. Like the medium is, is starting to cater to the illustrations. Like you wouldn't need that on an old school can. There's only three colors, four colors. But now the artists are starting to, you know, expand their palette. So to see the the technology uh, start to move along with the art, however they're going to print it. Now, is there a, is there a limit uh, on the colors that you're able to use when you make the cans? I've, I've heard that from, yeah. depending on the, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so the when I moved to cans, uh, I, I come from a, a, a screen printing background. I always wanted to be a gig poster designer. I always wanted to, to screen print gig posters, and I did for a while. I mean, I, I was really super into it, and uh, and then since the the label design thing came along, it's kind of tapered off. I have less time for that uh, for cleaning screens and prepping screens and doing the designs, color separations. But doing that, I think, gave me a better feel for when I moved or when, when, uh, Pipeworks asked me to, to design their cans, 
So they said, well, you know, we get six colors and black and white are taken. So that takes you down to four colors. And, and, and so the screen designer in me started saying, well, how about overlaps? Can we do overlaps? Well, no, not really, but you can do halftone. So, all right, halftone gives me shades of each color. So that increases my palette. And then you can do blends between the halftone dots. So what's mind-blowing is the way that these things are printed with the uh, flexo plates. It's like a rubber stamp that they're able to roll the ink on with. Every color has to have like a millimeter of silver. If you look closely at the can, it's really cool. You can kind of look around each color. And there's a trap, uh, just a little tiny bit of silver in between each color so that they don't bleed into one another. So when I'm designing, I'm always thinking like, oh, my God, you know, this, this is getting too small. It's going to clog the screen. And I oh, wait a minute. No, it's not going to clog the screen. I've designed stuff way smaller and somehow they're able to print it. So, so they're, the printers are amazing. I don't know how they do it, but uh, it, it really everything that I've designed, they've been able to capture even really tiny dot patterns. So, hey, so six colors. So, that, so I get to pick four basically, and then use those to the fullest. So when you're screen designer, you know, and you're, and you're pulling your own colors, you have to pull the color onto the paper and then let that dry. So every color is another, could be two, three hours of prep set up, making the prints and then letting it dry. So economy of color is something that a lot of screen printers are interested in. And when I got to the cans, it really paid off. I was like, oh, this, this is just like screen printing, except I don't have to print it. <laughs> it's a lot <laughs> yeah. more accurate than I was. <laughs> yeah, just just go do this. Just make this happen. Yeah, here. I love it. Yeah, send it off, and they, you know, they'll send back corrections. And uh, sometimes, uh, you know, they're a little tough on the designs. You know, it's, it's there's some things that they say, well, we can do this or this, but we, we don't really want to do it. And, and then you get it back, and we're not printing on paper anymore. We're printing on aluminum. So, wow that looks a lot different than I thought it would, or, or that color of green looks a lot more uh, cloudy than I thought it would look. It's not as vibrant. So where you have Pantone color books are all printed on white paper. There's no Pantone color book for printing on aluminum. So a lot of it is a surprise. So there's a lot of back and forth uh, in the design process. Even, even after you get the actual design nailed down and colors where you want them, it's like, well, now where do we go? How do we how do we make this optimal, you know, to to match what's on the LCD screen that's in front of you? So how is that that process? So is it you, you send it off to them? And they send you back like a, a a print of that? How it's going to be or a prototype? Okay, yeah. So so the first one is is, is a PDF. They'll do color checks, uh, you know, optimize it for better printability and send it back. Everyone checks off on it, and then they actually print a, a pilot can. And that's really exciting to see the pilot cans come back because that's when you cross your fingers and say, oh, God, I hope that pink color when it's laid over aluminum doesn't turn into like a washed out maroon. And, uh, and then everyone signs off and then you actually have to mail the can back and then, uh, then they produce them by the thousands. I'll give you the, the, um, the link to that Instagram. I have a couple of shots. I think it might be on Pipeworks uh, feed too. But the, the cans are shipped um, empty. Some people don't know that they just ship empty pallets full of cans. And so 
I went over to Pipeworks and I was able to walk in the warehouse. And it's just like to see, you know, 100,000 of your drawings all at once is kind of intimidating. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, wow, they, they made a lot of those and they're going to fill them all and send them out to actual people who are going to see it. So it's like a gallery show at Logan Tattoo is nothing compared to you know, shipping these things out and having them seen by so many people. Yeah, it's yeah. a little stressful when you start to think about it. I'm starting to feel a little crushed right now, actually. <laughs> yeah, right. Every yeah, across the country, there's many all these little mini art shows of your work at all, all these places. <laughs> I know, little little mini art shows inside of refrigerators. Yeah, yeah <laughs> very short lived. Uh, yeah, very short lived. Uh, and then they throw it away when, when they <laughs> yeah. recycle it when they're done with it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's that's kind of heavy. Yeah, to think about it that. Well, way. I, I still have. I was just at a, a Memorial Day party and I was drinking Pipeworks from a can because I like to do that. You know, and uh, when I go to the store, it's hard for me to resist. And that's, that might be a little self-indulgent. But when I'm finished, I have a hard time throwing it away. <laughs> I really do. I like, oh, God, you know, I have to save this one. I have so many cans laying around the house. So it's like uh, <laughs> the artist throwing away his own work. Or yeah. recycling it, like, honey, but it can, can live you, again. Can you throw these away, please? I cannot bring myself to please do this. Please for me. I'll drink it. You toss it. But uh, but yeah, it, it, it's very it's it is really rewarding, you know, in the long run. But no one ever sees the stuff that I see, you know, as, as an artist. I think a lot of artists you get obsessed. You get zoomed in on the screen, doing your color corrections and making these little tiny adjustments and highlights of the eyes. And most people, you know, generally speaking, don't look at it for that long or see it the size that you're working on it. So it's 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 something that I do is just like zoom out once in a while and get big picture. Stop obsessing over little tiny things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever whatever it is you're doing, obsessing or not, it's uh I'm digging it and I, I think that it's really resonated with a lot of people. And so I think that that's Thanks, man. whatever your process is, yeah teach their own it's it's uh seems to be effective i love the learning about the limited you know limited limited color palettes i, I find that really interesting so that just that, could, that that's been a new level of appreciation over the last few weeks just to kind of that's come up a couple of times yeah yeah for sure it's uh it's a struggle sometimes and you know when you look at those all the cans in in the you know in the store you really do it starts to increase your awareness of of printed you know, media all around, I guess, when you start looking at gig posters and things that have that, that same limitation. Yeah. I have a lot of gig posters. I don't have a lot, I don't have a lot of frame gig posters, but it's a, it's a whole nother discussion. Yeah. I always get them and I'm like, oh, right. and then when they realize how much it costs to frame something, it's like, Oh man. <laughs> I think everyone that collects gig posters just has a pile of them. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think anyone really hung them up. Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, I have like two. Hung we just up. Feed them, put them in a pile somewhere. And I like, think they're. Yeah, I think they're amazing. I'm like, I think yeah, these two I've I've like gone. But I'm like, oh, I'll buy this one. Or I I'm at that show and it was awesome. And I'll like try to find it because I'm not. I don't get. I'm not one of those who get in line like three hours before the show to get the poster. That's limited. You know, limited release. I'm not that hardcore. So I'm like, oh, right. maybe I can buy it on eBay for another ten dollars more. Then I'm like, my, that's a good totally. deal. <laughs> I save four hours of my life, and I'll pay another ten bucks. I'm like, cool. Worked you out. You know, you used to just you used to just sign them around town, and you just rip them off a telephone pole. 
that was when you had real street cred when it had the staples still in it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, definitely. That was cool. And even even yeah, even when I did the band stuff, you know, we'd make them and or and once in a while we'd like hire an artist to do it. And those are we'd do like a run. And if they know, and, yeah. and if they didn't sell, that would suck. I'd have like twenty. I'd be like, what the fuck am I gonna do with twenty of the same gig? I'm like, I can only get you know, I can, I don't know that many people who want these as gifts. Like you only give so much stuff out as gifts. Exactly. My family's like, exactly. really? Like you're not very creative. Like this didn't go very well, did it? No, no. I thought you'd really like this skeleton dancing with. The, uh, oh yeah, great. Now you got inventory. Now you, now you gotta sit on it until it sells. Yeah, that, that, another yeah. thing. Another thing you don't have to worry about when you're designing beer labels. <laughs> yeah, right. People are always gonna drink beer. Exactly. You could just drink it. <laughs> you can't do that with a gig poster or a t-shirt. No. So, yeah, so that was that was that was a good life good life lesson on that one. So we definitely. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, at the la- at the at the gallery show, I had a, a guy come up to me, and I you know I printed I made some really nice uh, prints for the show on aluminum there's a couple of places online that will actually print on metal because it, i mean it loses something when you print it on just paper you don't see the silver showing i, I use the silver as a color i use it as one of the so i, I technically get seven colors so if i have i don't know like a, a sword or something in the print i'll just leave it and say okay well that's just going to be metal so use it as showing through so when you print it on paper it's like well it's just gray you don't see it so i printed them on on aluminum and and this guy comes up to me and he's telling me how much he loved the uh uh ninja versus unicorn can and that he actually cut it out with an exacto blade and flattened it and hung it up on his wall and i was like wow man that's hardcore (laughs) can i can i get you one of these aluminum prints you could hang up the real thing i think it was a street cred thing you know like we were saying about the gig posters like cut it out and lay it flat on the wall then it's then it's real i drank that poster you know yeah the guy had four the guy had four fingers and scars over his hands <laughs> yeah he's like it took me six four six packs to do this but i finally have one that's you know <laughs> and he's got the government warning on the side with the barcode too yeah. i took that out when i printed mine. <laughs> yeah excellent yeah well, I, I like the idea I like, yeah i like the idea of using the silver i mean that to me um yeah, one of the you know, one of our favorites, you know, the iconic Hetty Topper, you know, how that just uses the silver you know, the can with the the black printed on it. So I think it's just that's really it's really smart technique, actually. Yeah, yeah, it it does, it adds a lot, but it is it is one of the limitations when you're trying to show someone else on a screen. It's like, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. I bet it's way cooler on the can. It really is, you know, the metallics and the, the translucency. Yeah, imagine this being really shiny and cool. Just yeah, imagine that and and round. Yeah, you know, you know, and only seeing, and that's one of the things that that you know, one of my early drafts was for uh, uh, Blood of the Unicorn, and and it was the third. I think it was the third label that I did for them. I don't remember second or third. So I, I came up with this like really. I don't, I don't, I don't say it like it's a bad thing, but it was more designy type of illustration where there was some symmetrical elements to it. There was a central subject with the label, like, like more what you would expect on a, a beer label. And they, uh, they rejected it because their cans 
and, and the, the bottle labels too. One of the things that I've always done is kind of tell a story as you turn it around. So you can't see the whole thing at once. But as you, as you look at the label from the front, I guess what you call the front, you see the text and then the main figure or whatever thing is right there in alignment with the text. And as you turn the can, you, you expose the story of, of what's happening on the label. So, for instance, Glaucus is a merman, you know, and, and as you turn the can, you get to see uh, the hydra in the background and uh, his tail. So what you might not see right away as you, as you expose the story, as you flip the can around, you kind of learn about it. So I, I did another Blood of the Unicorn where it was the, the unicorn all bloodied up from the front. And then as you turn it, you see that he's being ridden by uh, this evil knight with big horns and a sword hanging over his head. So, uh, and I, th- I, I think one of the best ones and one of the most, you know, the most, I don't want, I had the most doubt about close encounter because from the front, it just says close encounter and you see a helmet with like lipstick on it, like lips and lipstick. And as you turn it, you see a space alien babe. And as you turn it the other way, you see a floating astronaut without a helmet. So the story you have to kind of put together, you know, that she was kissing his helmet, took his helmet off, and now he's floating in the background suffocating. But you can't see that all from one side. You have to, you have to really turn the can and, and expose the story. So I mean, maybe it's, for me, that was kind of like a, a risky to, to not put it all in one view. But they love it. You know, they really, they really like that idea of, of telling a story around the can. And I don't see, I think it's kind of unique to Pipeworks. I don't see too many other breweries taking that type of a risk. Which is tough. They, you know, it, when, they, when they take pictures and they put them up on the um, social media accounts, they always have to show both sides. They have to have two cans next to each other to show one side and the other so that, it, you know, you don't get half the story. Now, did you also do the original Closer Encounter? Uh, the the bottle? No, that was uh, that was Hairbrain. Okay, Hairbrain did did the original. I tried to pay tribute to that one. That's the red one with the. Uh, does she have four arms or four eyes? I love that one. Oh, yeah, she yeah. It looks like she's in. I think she's in bed. It looks like kind of like she's. Yeah, in yeah, bed. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. She's in, she's in bed. Yeah, the the can one is the the green. She's she's more green, and then the the blue helmet. Yeah, there's Closer Encounter, which is like the orangey-red one. Closer, closer which, Encounter, yep. Yeah, she's in bed, and then there's the Close Encounter, which I, um, is the one with the four eyes. So she's definitely uh, she's definitely evolved. Yeah, right. <laughs> and we are back. Did you miss me? Feelings Mutual. You're listening to this 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Each week, we introduce you to the artists who help bring your favorite beer and breweries to life. As you've been listening, you're listening to episode number 18, Dieciocho, with our friend Jason Burke, Ink and Lead Designs, based out of Illinois, supporting Pipeworks Brewing Company out of Chicago, Illinois. Jason will talk about another brewery that he's working with 
We'll talk a little bit about his band life, music. You know, the first half was great. It just gets better. I really like talking to Jason. He's got a good sense of humor, good self-deprecation. Always a big fan there. Lover of music. As a hustler, gig posters. It's just a lot of fun. I love geeking out over this stuff. It is really great to have artists like Jason and many others be a part of the project. Episode number 18. That's 18 more episodes than I thought was possible. So each week when I say, this is episode number, yeah, yeah, or yeah, or uh-huh, I'm just amazed. So thanks to all the artists who have been with us. Like I said before, we just released the first 12-pack on Spotify. Check that out. But it is really exciting. We have the pleasure to announce our next 12-pack of artists that will be joining us. It'll be our third 12-pack, and we are already have booked for our fourth 12-pack, so... Shit is crazy. So let's give you a quick preview. We'll get up on the website in a couple days. So if you're the loyal listeners, feel free. I would love to have somebody be a spoiler. If you want to be a spoiler, go right ahead. This is the time. Get the pen and paper. Get it down. Maybe get yourself a little ink or lead. Huh? Huh? We have Sandy Plunkett with Jackie O's. We have Alex Peltz does work with Hill Farmstead. We have another Pipeworks artist, Peter Wano, Lauren Grimm from Grimm, Tim Botchin from Side Project, Vincent Sapthu from Valhalla in Amsterdam, Jake Alexander from Cellar Makers. We have Carl Grandin from Omnipollo. We also have Kevin Simo from Trillium, Nick Gamma from Hops and Branding, he does a lot of work in the New England area, as well as some other cool fun facts, which we will not spoil for you. Matt Sharp of 350 Brewing Company and BJ Wheatley from RAR Brewing Company. Right, folks? That, to me, is amazing. These folks work their asses off. A lot of the times, these individuals are wearing multiple different caps. They're different, doing jobs, side projects, whatever it is they're doing. And they're coming on this podcast, and we're hoping that you'll take the time to Click on an Instagram post by them or subscribe to their website. Maybe buy yourself a print. We're trying to make sure that we have art from all of the artists that we feature. We're going to get up in the studio, the home office, and really kind of support these these men and women. And I love it. I just love it. It's just so fucking awesome. These folks work their asses off. They're each trying to be unique. They're really trying to push the barrier they can of the cylindrical object doing really cool stuff, limited to different types of ink and colors and spatial and having to TTB and XYZ and, you know, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA select start. I mean, just a lot of craziness that goes on. But I just think it's amazing. And I think that when the breweries take that moment and they take that opportunity to engage or sign up with or team up with a, a different artist, it really is just another special piece of the project. And the project being the beer and the brewery, and we love it. So I'm hoping that we're turning you on to new artists. We're hoping you're digging what they're doing. You know, maybe in the future we'll get to introduce the artists to each other. I've got some ideas for some cool collaborations. And we've got some bigger ideas. So we're going to keep pushing the envelope. We're going to keep doing it each and every week. Remember to check us out via the World Wide Web, 16ozcanvas.com. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and now Spotify. 
So check us out. Don't be strangers. And if you're an artist, if you're somebody who wants to send me beer, that's always cool. AJ at 16OunceCanvas.com. I will get you my address as quick as humanly possible. But don't tease me. If you can't send me the beer, don't even mention it. Don't tease me. But if you can, you'll be my new best friend. And we will feature you on a future episode as the beer man or woman. The beer family. Maybe you're my cousin. Maybe you're an uncle. I don't know. I don't know what you are. But if you're giving us beer, we love you. We love all of you and you and you and you, each and every one. It means a lot to us. We check the stats. That's like uh, Jason saying he kind of Googles himself. And that's what we do. And to see, make sure folks haven't dropped off or have given up on us. So we'll keep pushing forward. We're looking for new ways to get the word out. If you have any suggestions, hey, maybe you want to be part of the team. Like I said, get in touch. I'm AJ and I'd love to meet you. Make the introduction. But right now, without further ado, I give to you, how do you do part du, dua, dos, of Jason Burke, Ink and Lead Designs, Works Brewing Company, right here, 16 ounce canvas. You get it? The beer is 16 ounces. It's a can. It's a canvas. You're an artist. Come on, come on. Enough out of me. Let's get back to it. Here we go. Enjoy. Now, now, how is that process for you? You're talking. You know, you said you like the story aspect of it, and it's not being all on. You know, right there on the front first. You know, the the front pane that you have to move the can. And I think that, I, I really like how that's going with the the uh, taking the you know the Instagram photo or just a photo in general of, of beer with when it has that wrap around the, the two or three next to each other to, to fully give the whole picture of it. I think that just shows that people are cognizant of the artwork, which is a nice little kind of just subtle tip of the cap. But how is the the process for you from when, you know, a beer's coming out and, you know, working with, with them to, okay, we have this beer. Do they, they give you the name. They have a, a vision for the, the label. Obviously with some of these, they have a, a legacy, but you know, how, how is that process? It's true. That's true. I guess they're all a little bit different in that way where some of them do have a legacy where another artist has touched it. And, uh, I think Glaucus and, uh, close encounter, those two had prior designs and I did try to pay a little tribute to that design in some way. I studied it and at least tried to borrow elements of it or, or some style. I think for Glaucus, it was the, the sneakiest one. And it was one of their way, 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 way early designs. It's the merman that I designed. And he used to be um, kind of a, a smaller emo kind of guy with like a striped shirt. I love the design. You could, it's, it's an older design. It's hard to find now. But um, in the background of that, there was like this funky little like whale type guy with like a water spout coming out of his blowhole. And I... I always liked that guy in the original design. So he kind of ended up on the new can. Uh, he was kind of like revived and brought back. And since then, these characters, these uh, animals that they come up with, uh, the latest ones are the guppies. The guppies are kind of living in, in a similar universe. I, I imagine them all living in a, same, a similar world. So uh, maybe the alien from Closer Encounter... Uh, you know, can fly down and hang out with 
the merman from Glaucus and the knight from, <laughs> from uh, Blood of the Unicorn. But I, I guess the the overall approach, so, so I, they, they would call me with a, a concept, a, a particular set of things that they want to see in the can, maybe just a rough outline, just kind of toss it out there. And uh, sometimes we have a, a type of beer, sometimes not. Sometimes it's not quite ready. I'm not sure what, what it's going to be. But they know that it's going to be in these lines is what they want to see on the next can. And uh, and then I just start sketching. Uh, usually my process is to flood my brain with as much imagery. You know, thank God for Google image search and uh, all these great stock exchange sites. Um, you can just like make this image morgue of, of items that you want to see or maybe want to see. Uh, so just R&D, I guess, would be my first step. And then I take a little break. I take maybe a couple of days away from it. You know, put some distance between myself and the design and think about stuff that I want to throw in there. And then I'll sit down and just start sketching. Just start drawing out ideas, not really have a, a composition. I might have some loose ideas about where what I want to be foreground, background, uh, what I want to be front and center, what I want to be off to the sides. but. Uh, just start kind of drawing some ideas out and then taking those elements and trying some different arrangements with them, trying to plug them in. It's weird. One of the first things that I started doing uh, with the last six or seven cans is finding the font that I like best and letting the font kind of dictate a little bit about the design. You know, the, the, the guppies, there's going to be four guppies or maybe three right now. And uh, it's kind of a, a graffiti-style font. So that I, I let that kind of lead the, the design a little bit for, uh, let's see, the one before that. I'm trying to think, like Lizard King had this really wild kind of torn-up-looking font. And I think I found that and just let it, let it guide my drawing around it. Because I do, I want the I want the font to speak clearly and loudly. I don't want it to be too mysterious. Although I remember uh, as a as a gig poster designer hearing about the uh, you know late late sixties early seventies gig posters and how a lot of the designers would make them purposefully psychedelic and hard to read because only the people that would take the time to look at it and read it were the ones they wanted to show up at the show. <laughs> so. I guess I've kind of pushed some of those boundaries like, hey, uh, let's make this a little harder to read. Let's make this a little edgier and not put it out there as clearly and as concisely as, as maybe, you know, a, a big time brewery would or, or some I don't know, big time, but like a brewery that was more graphically inclined, you know, to make it super clear. So then, uh, then we bounce back to design back and forth couple times refine it give it give it multiple passes and then it goes to the printer more passes more clarification on color then proofs and then i guess it goes to print after that press checks and then print and then they fill them with beer delicious beer excellent now how long was that that process from idea sketch to you know because they have to go to the TTB, right? So that's that's definitely another yeah. 
because they don't do yeah that's a whole nother like weird step that i wasn't used to at first right and there's a lot of obscure rules and things that you know you can't show the effects of the alcohol you you can't show you know anyone actually imbibing uh too much too much kid friendliness uh so all those things are are no-nos Okay. And I'm not involved in that process as much, so they they definitely know more about it. Right. Do you ever um, do you ever get I, okay? This wasn't approved. You have to tweak it. I mean, it, your stuff doesn't mm, seem to be on, on that. Cusk. No. Yeah, your stuff's not. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I would be sur- I would be surprised if you said that, but yeah. Yeah. It, no, I don't. I, it's never really been an issue. You know, and since the bottles even going back that far, I don't think. Uh, I don't think anyone would mistake it for a kid's drink. Although I feel like a kid when I drink it, so <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe. Especially after a few of them, you're like, yeah, whoo. Yeah, man, it's like the old school like mascots I grew up with, you know, Captain Crunch. Yeah, Joe yeah. Camel. But if but if Captain Crunch had like sharp teeth and bloodshot eyes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially yeah, the whole Joe Camel thing kind of I think ruined the too cartoony aspect of stuff for for designers but right. well i think we started i think it was a point where i took a look at like the whole uh, you know uh, bibliography or whatever you want to call it the the body of work for the cans and there was an overwhelming amount of bearing of teeth in the in the designs there was a lot of open mouths with like viciousness to them and uh, I don't know if I did it subconsciously or that was just, I don't know, maybe my way of, of like creating an edginess to them. You can see it like right away in like Lizard King. But then you look at other ones and, and there's definitely a gnashing, even like the, the iconic like Ninja Unicorn. The horse is like biting on the sword. They're like the nostrils are flared. Yeah, the little, the little citrus like ready. Yeah, is probably the most chill, chill, chill of your of your uh, attackers. But yeah, well, I, guess, yeah. I think that's what it, I think that's what it came out. I think the original design I had was was the cat's mouth, <laughs> of course, like wide open, like sharp teeth and claws. And I think we said, you know what? Let's have one where maybe it's not. <laughs> yeah, maybe we, he's just like chill. <laughs> yeah, you have Warbird, which I mean, just the name of it is definitely not. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that was not me. That was that was definitely a a, a request. They sent me a picture of an ostrich with uh, human teeth as part of the reference for that. That one went through a ton of changes. Oh man, yeah, he had like a robo helmet at one point, and we switched it to like a World War II fighter pilot helmet. It's an ostrich being ridden by a ninja. And the ostrich is wearing, he is still wearing that techno suit with the uh, machine guns on it. But then he's got his World War II helmet. And then there's more ninjas flying and ostriches in the background. But for sure, he was gnashing his teeth like big time and huge claws coming up off of the page, you know, clawing at the title. Yeah, I'm noticing a theme. It's uh, a lot of, yeah, a lot of, uh, yeah, the, the ninjas are kind of everywhere, you know, the abductions. And then there's the, they're big on the fish, which I, I didn't really realize as much. You, know, you mentioned the guppies, but there's the the bass lake yeah. and a bunch of other one, a bunch of other, wasn't the puffer fish and a few others throughout the throughout the years. So it's definitely that was an interesting find going through the the old artwork. 
Yeah, no, that was, and so the, the new, um, there's a, a mango guppy and a passion fruit guppy, which is released very soon, I think, uh, if it's not out already. But um, those those are super chill, like uh, the super chill guppy fish who just seems to float around and not care and blow little bubbles and uh, all around him is, is like violence and chaos and things happening, you know, treasure chests and skulls uh, and eel, <laughs> like just, so those are, those are definitely the more calm, like, and I think that kind of goes along with, with some of the flavorings. And, and so I think uh, that was another one where I tried, tried to pay tribute uh, to the original bottles. Right. Because they, they, they were also very chill fish, just kind of doing their thing. Yeah, it was, I was, I, when you mentioned the grouper, I, I was just poking around, and there's just, there's so many of them, I mean, which is just a testament to how long they've been doing it. The puffer, the basslet, firefish, dragon, like, just fish them, I've been sure they're snapper, you know, so it's that was really cool to kind of just, it's been one of the, the more enjoyable parts of the project is kind of just diving back into the, and the, the breweries. And, and those, yeah, and those and and so they have like a, a bunch of different artists uh, working on all those uh, bottle labels. And I think I think I did like maybe five or six bottle labels before I moved on to the cans. So now I'm exclusively cans. I don't really do the um, bottle labels anymore, but uh, I might be revisiting it pretty soon. There might be some cool projects coming up where. They might re-release a, a bottle or have a new bottle coming out. Yeah, so, I like the. We'll yeah, I don't, the ones that are they're the the barrel age ones. I have kind of that um, canvas, almost like Wild West kind of um, Manila coloring to it. Really, those are always good. But they're they're especially for an out towner. They're tough to get. Yeah, and and the so for the bottle or the bottle labels, uh, Ninja Unicorn, uh, Galaxy Unicorn, which was just re-released. Uh, something hoppy this way comes, uh, what was that? A Midsummer's Night, which was an apricot ale, I think. So there's a few out there, you know, but, you know, for the most part, like I said, the, the other artists, um, BJ, one of the founders, he's, he's one of the artists that works on, uh, the label art too. And he does some great stuff. Uh, but all the people who are in that Logan tattoo show also contribute to the look and feel and there it is it's like it's crazy you start looking through their their catalog it's like wow so many cool artists like i said hairbrain's been uh he's done a couple of labels uh jeff cooney uh god so many i'm probably leaving out a bunch of names but if, I look, if you look up that that logan tattoo yeah. or actually just go look at their bottles they're just awesome yeah, uh, see well, so yeah, many people from the community. Yeah, we reached out. Um, probably part of our next twelve pack, um, uh, cheesy beer puns intended. Um, you know, uh, Pete Wino will include him on the the next one. Uh huh. So it's yeah. kind of good. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, yeah. There's so many good artists, and it was like, oh man, I, part of me was like, I can't turn <laughs> this into a, I can't turn this into a pipe works. You know, uh, you know, podcast. <laughs> you could though. I know. <laughs> that's what I mean. That was Just like be crazy. The pipe works podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So maybe yeah, maybe we'll do in in person at some point and have everybody get together. They're 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 all really cool guys and really talented. I mean, 
the stuff that they put out is consistently like pushing boundaries. Yeah, the whole abduction line is so cool. Like I love seeing the uh, all the the ninja labels, which are you know they're framed out like eyes. Really super cool stuff. But um, but yeah, it's, it's just just to like I don't know to to have that uh, awesome responsibility to put your artwork on someone else's beer. You know that's their their life's passion. You know those guys have that's that's really all they've wanted to do their drive and mission in life so i'm i'm really i'm always honored to be given that uh opportunity to put <laughs> my crazy drawings on on their life's work yeah it's cool to see with you know with bj being a founder and one of the brewers and just kind of his name being on a lot of the you know artwork as well so that must be that's always a even bigger compliment I've come to realize is when, you know, the, oh. one of the founders and, you know, kind of the key players is also an artist. And for them that totally. to kind of hand totally. that over to somebody else, that's kind of, you know, that's a huge trust factor. So that's, that's a real compliment to you, you know, artist to artist. I, I, absolutely. I've never taken that for granted. And, and to, to get to do these cans has been a crazy ride. It's not something I ever really expected. It was like, like I said, it came from really humble beginnings. Like, hey, you want to try to do this? We're making this crazy name beer, Ninja Unicorn. Like, yeah, sure. And barely, barely knew Photoshop back then. I mean, I knew enough to get in trouble, but Illustrator was a complete mystery to me. Uh, so all this learning that went on along the way, I think, on both sides. And now they're, they've grown. They're huge. Their distribution has grown. And I know I've definitely grown as an artist, like looking back at some of the earlier stuff, I did, not just for them, but, you know, for, uh, you know, I, I designed for a couple of breweries, but um, for them in particular, that is the longest lineage of, I guess, my growth as an artist. So for sure, it's, uh, it's cool to look back and, and have grown with them. Yeah. Yeah. You also do work, um, if I'm not mistaken, with, I believe it's called New Ober. Falls. Yep. New Oberfalls in Indiana. They're out of Griffith. Excellent. And uh, Griffith, I mean, Indiana is like a hotbed for brewing out here. They've got uh, Three Floyds, 18th Street. Oh, God, you go across the border and you got your pick. But Oberfalls, uh, I've done, I think about, God, 14, 15 labels for them. And so I kind of like, you know, reserve a little bit of style for them you know I have, I have my own way of illustrating stuff for them and and uh, uh gus the owner he's he's a joy to work with he's one that he gives me he gives me ultimate freedom <laughs> he's kind of like toss a name out or give me a crazy idea i think uh toad storm was one of the first ones i did for him and he said i don't know we keep finding toads and salamanders around the property he renovated his own property out there and he's got a uh nice restaurant and a tasting room. He said, I keep finding toads and salamanders all over the place out here. <laughs> so I said, he's like, well, let's have like a beer called toad storm and uh, it'll be raining toads. I said, awesome. So toad storm was my first one for them. And it's like this, this crazy toad holding a salamander godfather style, like, or no, no, uh, uh, Dr. Evil <laughs> rubbing his forehead, rubbing the back of the salamander as toads are raining down around him. 
Um, so yeah, that one, and then we've done, we, we've come a long way with those two. He's, uh, he's, he's moved on to, uh, six packs and doing six pack holders, but again, totally different, like ideas, totally different, uh, rendering styles, but I can, I can't say that I've, I can't say I've restrained from gnashing teeth on those either. I think there might be a couple of wide mouthed, vicious creatures. That might be, that's your signature. That's your, your beer signature. Totally, man. Totally. That's my thing, I guess. Yeah. You got a thing. Gnashing teeth. So, I dig it. Well, you know, I think a lot of that comes from like that early gig post or that punk rock aesthetic where like you had to, you had to grab attention. You had to do something that was almost like an offense to the senses. I think that goes along with punk rock in general. Like it wasn't assault on the senses. It was like, Hey, pay attention to me. <laughs> Look at me. I'm over here. This is what we do. And, uh, and try to carry that forth with the loud colors and thick, bold lines. I, I, I really studied those those uh, early gig poster artists quite a bit. Yeah, a lot of, yeah, a lot of folks that we've interviewed, you know, it's been an underlying theme is that, you know, music and making posters for either their bands or, you know, different local artists or, you know, people they, they really are into so I, I really i do love that coming from you know, music being an important part of part of my life so it's always always interesting yeah for sure i mean i as a, I, I used to tag along with a bunch of different bands um i was never in a band until i was in my 30s and i started playing with a group of guys out here uh stole an airplane and we you know just making gig posters for them, you know, it was a a trip, you know, actually being able to design a poster or a CD or a record for a band I'm actually in was kind of like a cool bonus, but it didn't pay as well. So you got the full, so you got the full experience of the, of the band life. Yeah. The the not paying. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They'll probably give me shit for saying that, but no truth. I do it out of love. It's all out of love. Oh yeah, I I fucking signed. I signed my name. I was the manager. I signed my name on a uh, a van for the band. That was. A, I mean, I love the guys. I'm still friends with you know all of them. One of them is my you know close friend and kind of a the guy I go to for you know feedback on on this adventure. But yeah, I had a 15 passenger van in my name that like I had no use of a right decision doing that. So. The van, the, the van lasted longer than the band did, but you know, all things considered, it, it, it was worth it. That's that's rare. Yeah, <laughs> usually it's definitely the other way around. Yeah, I, I was the corporate. Yeah, I was the corporate. You know, by day guy, and so I had, you know, I wasn't paycheck to paycheck. So I, I was like, oh yeah, that'll make sense. I'll do that. That'd be well, good. And we're, we're just gigging so much. I'll just, I mean, I'll just take out the band fund every month. And I was like, um, we're gonna kind of be done. And I'm like, but that fucking van's got like two more years on it, man. What the hell? <laughs> yeah now, did you ever did you ever play no i mean i got took lessons just so i could like after the gigs you know we you know at the hotel or just at the parties i could just strum along and they'd you know humor me like my friends are way too talented to like there's nothing i could do so i was just really good at you know booking and, and promoting and stuff like that and the website stuff but yeah i tried but it was just more of a humoring aspect of it i think you know, okay i know these couple chords 
and I can sure. strum while they would just solo and just make me like, yeah, man, we're doing it. Or like, well, hey, man, I, I built my whole musical career on that ethos. <laughs> exactly. Being able to strum a couple of chords, that's all you need. <laughs> yeah. It did, not, it did not go, yeah. It was when I'm left-handed and I bought a left-handed guitar, which I realized I didn't need to do. Like, it was, just, I mean, it was just a bunch of terrible decisions I made. Like, like I'm like, I'm a lefty. Like, why would you, it doesn't mean anything with the guitar. I'm like, oh, well, you know, I thought. So like it's not you're th- you're not throwing the ball or doing it's, not, it's like it was that sports mentality that kind of ruined it but you know, whatever right it well pre- I think that 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 there is definitely that uh, Giannicano type of mentality where hey you know this is we're we're designing crazy labels for beer how awesome is that let's not let's not get ourselves wrapped too tightly here or wound up too crazily. This is like the best, the best thing you could ever do. It's like an, being an ice cream taster. Come on, man. <laughs> when you're playing in a band, it's like you're jamming with your buddies. You got an excuse to go have a few beers every night or, or every other you know, week, however often you practice. You really, it, it is kind of one of those, hey, beats working for a living type of situations. Oh yeah, that was my that was my instrument was the making sure I whatever, whatever our deal was had a good open bar. So I would I would get the best of that. <laughs> the guys would be playing. I thought, well, at least I could bring a beer to on stage. I'd be like, this isn't so bad, you know. Like I'm not <laughs> right. Know, you know. Hey, both we're both working for beer here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like I've already done my work up front. It brought us to this point, so it worked itself out pretty well. That's right. Now, now one more, a couple more for you, but how would you, this is kind of the, the cringeworthy, but I've put all the other artists through this question. So I feel, I mean, how, how would you describe your aesthetic? I mean, I, I think that, yeah, it's a, that kind of the, the art question, the university type type of question, but I have to ask you, I've put everyone else through it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, it's, it's good to be a little introspective here. I think if there's a theme running through my work, it's uh, bright colors, bold, thick lines, and gnashing teeth. Those, those are perfect for describing my my aesthetic. The things that I look for. I grew up on comic books. You know, I I, I used to sit and draw from comics, and and it's really heavy outline. This is before. Yeah, I worry about my kids now that all they watch is like Pixar and like uh, 3D rendered stuff. There's no more outlines on things. And I love outline. I love, I love the boldness and how it captures the color in between. And a lot of gig posters, that's an important element because the color trapping underneath, it hides where two colors meet is that, that black line. So I guess it was more out of necessity early on. And now it's more just because I'm, kind of a freak about line quality, thickness and thinness of line. Uh, when I look at lettering, when I look at fonts, I try to find the most expressive voice that I can, that I think captures what I'm trying to draw. And uh, yeah, I guess just kind of a twisted, violent notion of, of you know creepy animals and expressiveness i guess well thank you i, I know that yeah that work <laughs> oh no that's i mean I, I hope the one thing you took away from this is that we were very loose and there's no you know we had no preconceived yeah. notions of where things are going to go so i yeah no i listened to a couple other ones it was cool like there wasn't like, it wasn't like formulaic 
definitely led down some interesting paths. So right, we you know we have our, our shelf of questions that we try to ask, and you know we get to most of them, and sometimes we don't. But I just I with like just with art, like I you know obviously there's you can't just throw everything just on on the canvas, so to speak. But I think there's you know there's some creativity and kind of exploring things and seeing where it goes, and that's what we're trying to do here. For this, sure, and the, I and, yeah. and I appreciate the the. The, the qualities of a lot of the label artists that there's not a, a, a an eliteness that I've I've met a lot of people who who work in in this industry well not a lot but maybe a handful we're all pretty modest be like hey how did we end up here like <laughs> we didn't think we were good enough to do this type of stuff like wow there's people that I admire doing stuff you know why didn't they get shows and why me and uh, I think there's a modesty to it, a modest quality to it. Like, wow, this is crazy. How did this happen? Now, it's not, it's not a lack of seriousness, like you said, with the, the labels, but it's, it, they're definitely serious about it, but not overly uh, confident, I guess. <laughs> it keeps us working hard. Yeah, the, the humility has been, yeah, it's been universal. I mean, I think everyone's been interesting. And I think a lot of times you said before to get introspective, you know, to look at their story and say, holy shit, like, okay, I did kind of have some cool ways I, I fell into this, you know, and, and who knows, you know. I think that being creative, art, music, that you know, those type of fields aren't always the easiest to, to, to pay the bills on. So I think so for a lot of folks to, A, take that leap, A, is the big jump, and then for it to be successful, you know, is, is another one. So I think when when you hear yourself talk about it, it kind of goes, wow, okay, that's really amazing that we're, I'm at this point in time. And so I think that's... Oh, totally. I'm amazed that people even want to hear me talk about it. I'm like, wow, it's crazy. Well, let's not get that far. We haven't we haven't released this ah! thing. Uh, see? <laughs> people want to hear this. Yeah. This Keep... is me just talking. This is it's just you and me having a great conversation. Yeah. But, oh, uh, I, didn't, I didn't hit record. But you record. do a great job yeah, with yeah. this thing, isn't it? Well, thank you very much. And then as a being a in a band, um, what, what's the what's the band's name? I, let's find this interesting. What, what's the name of this band you're playing in? It's Stolen Airplane. Stolen right. Airplane. Stolen Airplane. Not All a right. hijacked airplane. It's a you have to steal the airplane. That's much different than hijacking. Everyone asks if it's like a nine eleven thing. I'm like, no, no, no. That that's different. If you Google stealing an airplane, you get much different results than if you Google hijacking. So. Yeah, if you fucking Google hijacking, you end up on some weird list, and so don't do that. Don't <laughs> right. don't do that. Google stealing an airplane takes much more skill. Yeah, you have to be stealthy like a ninja to steal a whole airplane. So, so yeah, we we we've been playing for five years. Uh, you know, we're 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 uh, pretty serious. You know, serious group of dads <laughs> who get together and drink beer. And gig out, but uh, they're a great group of guys, and you know, I, I really enjoy enjoy my time hanging out with them and playing. Excellent. And so. when you're creating, you know, what do you what's your what's your setup like? Do you have a, are you rocking music out? Do you have some sort of quiet, you know, peacefulness to let you think? What, what's going on over there at Ink and Ink and Lead when when it's time to to create? All right. Well, here my studio is at my kitchen table. And usually there's a swirl of children and wife uh, walking around, throwing things, trying to distract me. So I'll put on my uh, headphones and jam to some music while I'm trying to draw and create. 
I like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't think I could be in a studio separated from my family. I, I spent a lot of time you know, doing this stuff. And I guess I feel like if the kids are watching me, at least they're seeing their dad. <laughs> like if I was hidden away in a back room somewhere or isolated, you know, I, I, I don't know if they would be able to appreciate it as much that I'm, uh, I'm busting my ass. Like, Hey, trying to become better as an artist. And I'm your dad, but I'm still furthering myself in my career. And hopefully that rubs off on them as, as people later in life. Like, wow, dad's actually doing stuff. He's making art. I mean, that always the thing, like the, the parents battling their kids who want to become an art major. Like I would never do that. I'd be like, yes, please go be an art major. Go work on art. Cause you saw your dad growing up working on his art, you know, honing his craft. So they come up and they look at the computer and they'll ask what I'm drawing. Sometimes I force them to <laughs> come over here and look at this. This is what I've been working on. Check it out. This is what you've been distracting me from with your video games and you know, temper tantrums. But yeah, when they, you know, hopefully when they see me sitting at the kitchen table hour after hour toiling over designs, that that opens their eyes to not, I mean, when they're out or when they're looking at mass produced goods that they start to see, like there's an artist behind that. And that, that could be a, a valid career, a career path for them. Yeah. But they're four and eight. So I don't know if that sinks in. Who knows? Well, no, I think, I mean, as a father, and we were talking before, I just think it's important that it, it sets a, it sets a tone, right? That whatever that decision they make, it might not be the, yeah, it might it might stray. They might not be designers. They might do something really unique. You know, maybe really uh, you know pick up a unique instrument or just maybe you know do something that's maybe quote unquote out of the box. And I think that to just encourage that or leave that door open to them, I think is I think this is important in general. And I think that just one of the underlying kind of small lines here is is hopefully that there's maybe an artist who's up and coming, right? And they're or, and they're listening to this and going, wow, there's all these folks that took that chance and they, I can do it, you know? So maybe, you know, maybe they they put an extra hour in or they grind a little harder that day. You know, like we've had stories of folks who were architects and who were working at used car stops and doing all sorts of other, you know, quote unquote shitty jobs, you know, and they didn't, for sure. And they didn't, if they didn't take that leap, you know, who knows where they would be, you know? And so I think that success and happiness is kind of, you know, not to get very philosophical, but I think it's a relative term. It's not always a quantifiable thing. And so I think to give people the the positivity that they can, you know, they can take a chance and, you know, it's not a one, it's not a one, one shot in life. You know, you, you can take a couple of chances and it might not work out. You know, I tried the band thing. It didn't work out, but I don't have any regrets on that. And like, I know that oh. I, I did that, you know? And so there's things, I think it's important. So I think that's one of the things, and that's one of the reasons, especially folks like yourself who have their own shop, you know, that's even a whole nother level of commitment, you know, to, to, yeah. to be on their own and that, you know, we could talk for days about that, you know, the entrepreneurial, we're trying, <laughs> we're trying to, we're trying to hone the term, uh, art, 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 entrepreneur, entrepreneur. Yeah. Entrepreneur. I like that. I like that. So you can use that on your think, on your, your non active Instagram page. You'll get all the, all your followers to, to to join along to to <laughs> to the revolution. I hope so, man. I hope so. I I think if there's if there's any aspiring artist listening to it, you know, and you know, if, if you're if you're doing it, if you're showing up, uh, that's like I said earlier. It's ninety percent, maybe more, maybe ninety five percent is just putting your work out there 
because there's too many people that just get defeated before you even try. And it sounds cheesy. Like just, just make a little page for yourself, make a little corner of the universe about you and just start putting your stuff out there. And if I, if I could offer any other advice, it would be just don't do anything for free. Don't do it for exposure. We know that for bands, right? <laughs> At least get a few beer tickets out of it. <laughs> yeah. Work for free. Put a value on it. I Don't think that's it all yeah, for I think that's yeah, I think that's the hardest thing, you know, especially Wait, you don't think you're going to get paid to be on this podcast, dude? Do, do we miss did our, did our lines cross on that? <laughs> wait, wait, you're not? <laughs> oh. Wait, wait. You, is my check in the mail? <laughs> yeah, 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 it'll be coming. No, but I I yeah, obviously we're I mean, if you yeah, something like but you know what I'm saying. I, I I agree. I think that art, I mean There's value. Yeah. Yeah, I think that yeah, even like I I tell a lot of the same stories. So, I mean, my, my thought is that folks don't listen all the time. So if they're, if you do listen, you hear the same stories, I, I thank you. So if you, I would love for someone to say, AJ, you tell the same stories over and over again. We made you listen to more than one. But I, yeah, even that I tried to, you know, for a period of time do web design. And it was really hard to do that because it was just tangent. It was like this kind of unknown thing. And friends would have a site or a band or a company and they would ask to do it. And what I thought was a fair price was kind of like, wait, what? You know, and so that's yeah. why I do my that's why I do my own website because it's just easier and it just allows me to not have to minimize somebody else's work, which I re- respect. You know, a lot of awesome. I love good web design. Yeah, and there and there is a there's a value to it that people I don't think I think they underestimate that when it, when you go to a website and it's easy to use, it's invisible the work that went into it. And I think that you know what what you're doing here exposing that. Uh, exposing the amount of thought and work and it's not, it's not luck. It's never luck. It luck might get your foot through the door. Luck might end you in the right interview or in front of the right person, but hard work and perseverance will allow you to continue on that path. There's no amount of luck that will just bounce you along, you know, willy nilly. So it, it definitely has to it has to come from both places, and then and then seizing opportunities you know, when they come across. Okay, let's try it. I've never done a podcast before. Well, hell yeah. Let's see how it goes. Let's give it a shot. Well, we thank see you for where that. it leads. Amen. Yeah, man. Well, this this is great. I, you know. I really yeah, I really appreciate it. Now, when you're rocking the tunes and the headphones on the kitchen table, what 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 are the good songs to to drown out the crazy kids? Just just for all the. <laughs> What, what, well, it yeah, depends what, on what I'm drawing. Yeah, what it depends ban- on what stage of the drawing I'm in, you know. Yeah, what, ba- what bands are you, are you rocking out to? <laughs> if I'm if I'm sketching, uh, oh my god, it's you know what have I been listening to lately on my playlist? I, it's like hard to even go there. I you know I do I've been into um, just a lot of like I listen to post punk, you know. Uh, We'll dig into some uh, rancid, some uh, black lips. What else do I have? I do. I, I'm so uh, eclectic in my musical tastes. You know, I'll jump from uh, EDM to trance into punk, and then across to some more international flavors. I think one thing, like like having like different. Uh, music accounts like Spotify and stuff that like, Hey, here's an artist I like, here's five more. You also might enjoy. And then you get like five steps away and you're like, Oh, this is a whole new genre that I didn't even know existed. So I do, I float around 
pretty frequently. It's kind of a trip, but uh, I don't know. That's not that's a non-answer, but I listen to too much music. That's never that's never a negative thing. That's always an underlying theme is how much we love music. So, yeah. Thank you once again, Jason. I really uh, enjoyed enjoyed talking to you. I will uh, definitely next time I'm in the area, I will reach out and hopefully we can uh, throw away one of your pieces of art that had beer in it. Yeah, and, uh, let's throw it away together. Let's step on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I look forward. I look forward to buying your art and throwing it out pretty soon. So I look forward to it. Yeah, I look forward to listening to your art. So. All right. And I guess you can throw it away too, but that would really make me cry. Throw it away. Too. Yeah, I'm not as I'm not as hard as you on that. If you told me, oh, I downloaded it, and well, I guess people delete it off their computer. I mean, who knows? <laughs> hey, man, it's been it's been fun. It's been fun. You, this is my very first podcast, and uh, you definitely made it seem more like a conversation than a than a, a show. All right, we hopefully, hopefully we were gentle for the first time, so we definitely know. Uh, it was very nice. It was very, yes, very enjoyable. Right. <laughs> All right, well, we have to go. There's no time for cuddling, but we appreciate it and uh, look forward to talking soon, Jason. Thanks so much. All right, thank you. All right, cheers, Later, everybody. Cheers. And there you have it, folks. That is his first, and it was special. We promise. It meant as much to us as it did to him. Jason Burke, Ink and Lead Designs. Check out his website, inkandleaddesigns.com. He's one of the many talented artists over at Pipeworks Brewing Company in Chicago, Illinois. If you are in Chi-Town, the Windy City in the Midwest, and come into a city near you, make sure you grab yourself one of their beers and throw his artwork away. Just grab it, crush it down. I guess recycle his artwork is a good way to say it because we are environmentally friendly here even though it's much more rock or punk to just say we threw it away. So whatever the fuck you want to do, just throw that shit out. Just grab it, drink it, and throw it out. But you are listening to this 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. I am your host, AJ, I've been here with you for this one, and I hope you enjoyed it. I know that it's been a lot of fun. I love when you get to connect with somebody like that, really kind of down-to-earth, have a lot of fun, talking music, life, and just perspective. I think it's great. So hopefully you learned something new about Jason. Hopefully you're excited for our next batch of artists. We've got some great artists coming up for you. You can check out some of the cool things going on, the, the first 12-pack over there on Spotify. And remember to check us out via the World Wide Web, 16ozcanvas.com, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and now Spotify. That's fucking awesome. So we are halfway through, I guess, season two, our second 12-pack. And we are happy that you are here with us. We want to take another quick opportunity to thank everyone who has liked the post, followed us on Instagram or Facebook, and even double high fives to those who've taken it to the extra mile and gone on iTunes and left a review and rated us over there. If you want to do the same, we would definitely appreciate that. It means a lot and helps to move us up in the old rankings, the SEO or however they do their algorithm. It helps move us to the top, and we thank you for that. So really excited for that. We will be back, same bad time, same bad channel. Next week, we'll be down doing this one from vacation, going down to a little Jersey Shore, Nueve Jersey. Looking forward to that. Love the kids getting out there in the ocean. 
seeing the family and just having a good old time. So we'll look forward to that. We're looking forward to continually pushing it, moving forward with some great artists, see what the summer brings us. The artists who have already committed to, like I said, the third 12-pack and really excited about the first artist we have for our fourth 12-pack. I'm pretty geeked out about it and trying to contain myself to not tell you who it's going to be, so I'm going to keep with that. But once again, thank you for taking the time to join us here the 16-ounce canvas. It means the world to us. We're having a great time. So now it's time to wrap up episode 18. Last call has come and gone. You can't stay here. Tip your bartenders. Drive home safely. We'll see you next week. Thank you once again. material right here on the 16 ounce canvas the art of craft beer podcast we are proud to introduce to you on wcan can 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 radio world premiere world premiere stolen airplane this is off their hit single with you live here and the WCAN studios, all canvases, all the time. This one is called What You Want. What I want, what do I want? That's not the whole name of it. The whole name of it is just what you want. But I was saying what I want, and then I realized that maybe people think that that was the name of the track, and then I just kind of rambled, so I thought, you know, so what I want is that you realize that the name of the song is what you want by Stolen Airplane. So here we go. You're listening to WCAN. All Canvas Radio. Can, can, can. Here it is. World premiere Stolen Airplane. What you want. <laughs> Questions.